Hello, you wonderful woman. Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, one of the UK's most successful love coaches, according to the Times Magazine, and author of the book, Love is Coming. It's my mission through this podcast to help single women, specifically female leaders, get powerful, soul-expanding relationships that revolutionize your growth, impact, and happiness during your time on planet Earth. Let's get straight to it. Hey loves, welcome back. So today's theme has been coming up a lot with the female powerhouses that I work with. Um, (laughs) It's an interesting one. I can't believe I've never actually done a podcast episode on it yet. So we are diving deep into the ick today. We're going to be covering what the ick is and why so many high achieving women seem to experience it in romance, the psychology behind the ick and how it is fucking with your love life, plus how the ick nearly stopped me from committing to my now husband and how I navigated it to wind up in the best relationship of my life. So let's dive straight in. So what is the ick? This is something I share about in my book, Love is Coming. So in a nutshell, if you don't know what it is, you've been living under a rock. But if you don't know, it is basically when the person you're dating does something or says something or just sort of has something about them that suddenly makes you go, ill <laughs> growth get me out of here and it makes you ba- basically sort of just completely see them and the dynamic between you in a whole different light and it usually has you wanting to run for the hills so I thought I'd back this up with a with a bit of a survey some research so a survey of over 2,000 women in the UK so these are the most common icks that came up from that survey so poor personal hygiene that was a whopping 55 percent doing drugs, interestingly, 46%, and having bad manners, 37%. And interestingly, what else came up? So drinking a lot of alcohol was 25%. This this actually really surprised me for the Brits. Like, you know, in my head, Brits are all booze hounds, but obviously that is changing. Um, Also, being prominent on social media was a 6%. That was really interesting that that's actually an ick factor because I would have thought that being prominent on social media is something that people want, but just goes to show, never make an assumption. And also, this one, yeah, this one's more obvious. Replying to messages too quickly. That was a 2%. These were all flagged as giving people the ick. So... I also, I just have to read you some of the other hilarious things that I found because this is just, it's just too good not to share. So these were basically the weirdest, most irrational reasons that people said they got the ick. Are you ready? You bloody well better be, okay? (laughs) This is so weird. The first one is running up the stairs on all fours. So if uh, women seeing a man running up the stairs on all fours, that gave at least one woman the ick. I mean, what? Okay, bizarre. Bouncing up and down at a concert. By the way, please let me, like when you hear these, if there are any that like jot out to you or stick out to you, send me a DM on Instagram at Persia Lawson and let me know which ones because they're so bloody random and I'll let you know as we're going through none of these have kind of I I don't think I've ever seen a bloke run up the stairs on all fours bouncing up and down at a concert I'd probably be doing that so it's not a biggie for me speaking with their mouthful I'm very used to that my uh, husband does that all the time it's rank I think I've just become sort of numb to it this one, this one is good running for the bus (laughs) running for the bus whilst wearing a backpack I get that one. 
I do get that one. It's so specific though. I love it. Like running for a, sp a bus specifically. Um, trying to take off their top and getting it caught, <laughs> getting it caught on their head. <laughs> that doesn't give me the ache. That's just, I don't know. What, where are these people? Where are these people from coming up with this? Wearing any Hollister clothing. For me, it'd be more Jack Wills, but I get that one a bit regularly updating their Facebook status. Yeah, I get that. That used to be me back in the day. I think we all used to do that. I don't know anyone who, well, except for the sort of people over the age of 50 who still update their Facebook status. But um, that that is a good one. Running up the stairs at full speed, but, <laughs> but tripping on a step slightly. Okay, ick. These are so random. I can think of so many others that I would personally have, but none of these. Driving at exactly, I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to have to read all of these to you now because I, I need to get to the end of them. They're just too good. Driving at exactly the speed limit. I guess for me, that's, yeah, that's about being anal and like sticking too closely to the rules. But I love that it's like focused here on speed limit. Um, oh, and I love that the, the gift that they've got for that one is from Jurassic Park. It's the guy who gets uh, spat on by the dinosaur, like the acid, the acidic spit, you know, the guy in his little yellow mac. Dennis Nedry, that's his name. Love that one. Okay. <laughs> when they miss the beat drop and even ickier when they're too early. Like, who are these guys that you're bloody dating? Chasing a ping pong pool. Wildly embarrassing. Chasing a ping pong. That is actually quite embarrassing, to be fair. To be fair. Uh, dropping paper outside and struggling... <laughs> struggling to pick it up because the wind keeps blowing it away for me this is not ick it's just like frustrations okay this next one owning a pencil case <laughs> to be fair that is I mean I don't know any men that own a pencil case not not in this day and age that would probably give me the ick to be fair dancing out of time to the music we've had that one next dropping something in the supermarket and having to pick it up and put it back nah, that's just a bit vanilla for me pressing the button on a pelican crossing well, how else are you going to fucking cross? Jesus, give cut the guys some slack. Taking a selfie, extra it points for posting it on socials and it's topless at the gym. I'm here for that one. I absolutely, back in the days of when I did a bit of uh, time on the dating apps, Any, I don't care how good or, uh, your body is or how fit you are, you ain't for me. I can't be dealing with that. Crossing legs. I kind of get that for a guy. Kind of get that actually. Carrying an umbrella when the, when the wind blows it inside out. <laughs> that is good. I, I get that one. I get that one. Sitting on a bar. <laughs> Sorry, this, I promise you there's a lot more to this episode than just me laughing and they are coming to an end soon. I just have to get to the end that maybe that's icky for uh, someone out there for me. Um, sitting on a bar stool and dangling legs. Luckily, my husband's very tall, so that's not a, that's not an issue. But I can imagine if you're dating a short guy and his legs are just sort of flailing around, that would probably give me the ick. Tripping and acting like they didn't. Yeah, I get that. For me, it's like it's the running for the bus, missing it and pretend and then sort of the sort of like <laughs> casual like, oh, I wasn't running. I don't care. Instead of just owning it, being like, for fuck's sake. Um, for me, what just came to my mind, that's a definite ick factor. And it's one that I do like anything that icks me out is like something that I actually do. The, the walking, no, the dance to the dance floor, like the walking dance. I think actually Peter Kay talks about that in his, um, in his like stand up from a long, long time ago, but it's a classic. You know the one, you know the one, particularly at weddings. 
losing balance on the tube or train and wobbling. I love it. Wobbling slightly, just slightly. It's not okay. It's not okay. Smiling with food in their teeth. They've got a gif of Joey from Friends doing that. Oh, do you know what's worse is when you go, you're on a date and you go to the bathroom and you look at your teeth in the mirror and you've got a load of spinach in there and you just think I've been like smiling thinking I look so hot all night and he didn't tell me dickhead um okay I think I ick myself out more than men do to be honest uh that was the last one smiling with food in their teeth that's a bit of a lame one to finish on I'm trying to think of another one that icks me out um I for me it's more around, like, I definitely remember the ick thing. It's like around introducing a new guy to your girlfriends and then doing, and then just being a bit lame or like not funny or trying to be funny and they're not funny or uh, just not getting the joke or being the butt of the joke. I mean, it's not very nice, is it? God, I feel really mean. This episode's actually, I didn't realize how mean it was. Um, never mind. On we go, on we go. Okay, so why do smart women in particular seem to, this has definitely been what I've seen, like the particularly smart women or really successful, I know they've got this big thing around the ick. And what I think, I think it's a, it's a few things. It's the, it's having supremely high standards. So, you know, you're, you're really hard on yourself. And so you're particularly hard on a guy. I think that's a big part of it. But also I think it's because they feel vulnerable when dating in, in relationships and they feel really out of control. So it's almost like a welcome bullshit reason to shut the dynamic down. So they don't have to feel too exposed and they don't have to deal with being vulnerable and intimacy. I actually think that that's why the majority of women, I, at least in my world, are particularly the smart ones who've got a whole thing about the ick. Guys, I really, really hope that you are going to DM me or even write in the um, reviews on on uh, iTunes, like what your particular ick factors are. I don't know if you can do that under particular episodes, but like I will be reading these. So please let me know. Uh, okay, so moving on to the psychology behind the ick and how it's fucking with your love life. Well, I think this is pretty straightforward, but I did do some more research and I got a quote from the psychologist, Dr. Christy Kedarian. I think that's how you say her name. She says, the ick is a physical semantic response to being repulsed. That is the word, isn't it? Oh, it's horrid. Or not feeling the sparks to someone you're dating. You can feel it for the first time and it's a psychological response, something along the lines of visceral disgust. <laughs> A lot of uh, women I know, it's around the shoes, by the way. Actually, that reminds me of the stripper that my girls, uh, my hens got me for my hen do. Like everyone was commenting on the bloody stripper shoes. Like they were just really naff shoes from like clocks. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at the shoes. I was looking at the arse and the very bald head. Um, so what else does this psychologist say? She says, it so the it, it triggers a flight response within you to remove yourself from the situation. Then your body tells you to run away as fast as you can and swear off dating until you feel the Sunday night urge to re-download all of the apps. So yeah, I, I do hear what she is saying there. I think it is, I think it's it's actually, I mean, like I always say in my work, it's all it's always about us. It, it seems to be about the other person. It's not. It's always about us. And it's this thing is, as I've said already, it's our fear of vulnerability. Like we're all human. We all wee, we all poo, we all fart. You know, we're humans are like quite gross. And so, you know, you, you're, you're judging someone and they're giving you the ick and you, you're not thinking about all of the things that you do that give them the ick. But I definitely think, I'm not saying that men don't get with this, this with women, but I don't think they are actually as harsh as we are. And you might really disagree with me, but when I, like I've spoken to men and women about this 
and women are way harsher and give way less um sort of I guess not in second chances but they they find it harder to get through the ick that's that's certainly my experience so another thing that this psychology was uh, psychologist was talking about is the popular popularity of dating apps and how that has led to an increase in the ick because I guess we've got you know endless choices presented to us so you know with so many options we can just go oh that cringes me out I think that's a big word isn't it the cringe factor that cringes me out so I'm just going to move on to the next person and we kid ourselves that like oh the next person's not going to have something icky about them let me tell you girls every single man or woman out there is going to have some ick factors like you are not going to find this perfect human who doesn't cringe you out in some way so get the fucking like get a grip basically is what I'm saying get a grip um yeah, the psychologist says we don't have to put up with any bad habits or whatever else we might not like about a potential partner. But the thing is, what my experience with the ick is, it's fucking superficial. Like what people get ick, the ick about are not things, are not often things that are actually, like I've not heard someone saying, oh, he icked me out because, you know, he's a smoker. They're not saying things like that, which actually I can understand more. They're saying things that are like, oh, he made this really lame joke or he has a weird laugh or, you know, naff shoes or I saw his bum crack. <laughs> That's, to be fair, that is pretty ick. I, in fact, do you know what? I'm going to tell you something so fucking graphic here, but I'm going there. Do you know what really gave me the ick? And I am so within my reason. And, and honestly, if he heard this, like he wouldn't give a shit. He'd be like, yeah, and what? So <laughs> what gave me such an ick about Joe early on is that like, literally this isn't like inside of the, first, I think it's like uh, just after a week after we met, maybe maybe 10 days we went back to his parents house because they were away and we'd you know had a lovely time in bed as you know when you start you're dating someone new and like the minute you get inside and there's you're in the vicinity of a bedroom clothes are off and you're doing it it was that vibe and you know we're feeling all loved up and it was post-coital and so intimate and then he was like should we watch something on telly there's a telly in the room I was like yeah and he goes oh shit where's the clicker start bollock naked (laughs) literally got up like like still on the bed but like went to the end of the bed naked bent down to like look if the clicker was uh the remote sorry to normal people um to see if the remote was like on the floor or under the bed and I'm not kidding when I say ass cracks parted literally saw almost up to his throat I saw everything and I I just I couldn't handle it like that that was really fucking hard for me to get over I mean I almost needed therapy after that like I have a weird thing about well I guess I don't anymore because I haven't seen a a guy naked for seven and a half years that isn't my husband that is weird when you think about it unless it's been you know in art or theatre um or a bit of porn but anyway I digress uh what was I saying yeah, so like, I've always had a weird thing about seeing guys naked for the first time. I think that's a whole other podca- podcast episode. But like that was so fucking graphic. <laughs> Literally left nothing to the imagination. That was a bit much. So uh, anyway, what was I talking about before the bum crack? Bum gate. Um, okay, I'm trying to now I'm going to try and like somehow go from bum gate into something actually a bit more profound. It's quite hard to do. It's all I can do is just like all I can see is that fucking arsehole that hairy arsehole so anyway going back to um the psychology of it so what I have come to see with my clients and the women I work with is that really what the ick is actually about when all is said and done 
it is your subconscious trying to keep you safe from intimacy because that is so fucking scary especially if you've had your heart broken and especially if you've never you know I've had I've had a lot of clients who've never even had a relationship like they might have had flings and situationship but nothing they would class as an actual relationship so once you know you're getting close to that and you're feeling safe and intimate with someone it's like the warning signs go off in your head and we can often dismiss that and go red flag red flag but actually, it's like, is it a red flag? It, it's Maybe it's not a red flag for them. Maybe it's a red flag for you that you are just not able to firstly, like, allow this person to be a human. Like, surely you would hate to be dismissed because you had a bit of spinach in your teeth. And they like, can't you just have a laugh? Can't they just be like, oh, by the way, you've got spinach in your teeth, lol. Like, and let's move on and have a laugh about it. And just like, let's not just write someone off because of something that happens to every single person at some point. Um, I do actually remember, <laughs> but this is, this is a hard one to get past, but it's the far on the date that you thought you could trust, but you can't, or they thought they could trust, but they can't. That is a hard one. And my rule for that, this is completely another digression, but my, my tip for that, sorry, is the minute you smell it, whether it's you or them, well, you don't know if it's you or them, but like, if, especially if it's you, like you have to go, oh my God, what the hell is that? Don't do what I do and just hope they don't notice because they will fucking notice. And then you, you're looking like an absolute mug. Anyway, going back to the psychology. So it's your, it's ultimately, I believe it's the, it is your subconscious trying to keep you safe, but really what's going on is it's keeping you stuck and it's keeping you really stuck in, in being single when you don't actually want to be your heart and your soul want to have that connection and have a relationship with someone, but you can't get past this very, very superficial barrier. And you can know what, as I've said already, get the fuck over yourself because you're going to have to, because everyone is going to give you the ick at some point guaranteed so little pause while I have a sip of water mm. and also before we move on to our third and final point if what I'm sharing is resonating or useful I have a brand new free and live masterclass coming up that is even better than this podcast episode would you believe it is called seven mistakes blocking you from a true power couple relationship that positively impacts the world and in it i'm going to be sharing the secret to attracting high quality potential partners and getting past the ever elusive three-month mark in romance without wasting your precious time and energy on dating apps and dead end dates so head to the link in the show notes for more information and to sign up really hope to see you there there's not going to be a replay so please come and show up live Okay, so final point, how the ick, <laughs> I've already told you a lot about the relationship, but how the ick nearly stopped me from committing to my now husband and how I navigated it to wind up in the best relationship of my life. So I actually wasn't going to tell the bumgate story, but there we are. So what, what basically has happened uh, in my work, it's been really interesting, is that it's almost become a victim of its own success. So women who have been single for a decade or never had had a boyfriend before then attracted these great guys into their life. And then they'd come back to work with me because basically they were freaked out and wanted to run away largely because the ick started coming up. And so they were like, on the one hand, I've got exactly what I want, but actually maybe I don't fancy him. I don't know if I want to be in a relationship with him. Oh, he's too nice. He treats me too well. He's too keen. Like all of these things that like literally like a couple of months before they've been saying that they desperately wanted. So they manifested and got what they wanted and then they didn't want it anymore. So I literally have had to lead so many women through this process that I had to take myself through because when I met Joe at, um, at the festival, honestly, it was so easy. And I think it was largely because I thought we would never see each other again. So I didn't really get any ick with him at all at the festival. Not that I can remember, but 
we had Bumgate, and I'm trying to think, actually, I think even before Bumgate, we went to um, my friend's brother's 30th in London. And I remember saying to my friend, that guy will never be my boyfriend. And she was like, why not? Like, he seems really nice. He seems really into you. I was like, no, 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 way too keen, way too keen. And the minute those words came out of my mouth, like, you know, saying to her, like, he's just, he's like a Labrador. He just sort of, you know, he's just so openly adoring and just thinks I'm the bee's knees. And um, I realized, God, this is totally my shit. This is totally my shit. And I will, I will get this with the next guy. It doesn't matter who he is. I'm going to get the ick. There's no escaping it. So why don't I actually turn the focus off him and what's cringing me out? and shine the light on myself and look at what's going on for me and why this is bringing up so much and I've already mentioned you know ultimately it's the subconscious freaking out and being like god if I, if I don't if I am not icked out, out by this person I then I'm going to enter into this relationship with them and that is fucking scary for so many different reasons it's like extremely vulnerable and and also like I realize like I I'm really enjoying being single like I love the adventure of it. And if I commit to someone, then I'm not, I'm, there's a lot of things I'm going to lose. And in my head at the time, it's like, I don't want to lose my independence. And I'm happy to say in no way have I lost my independence. I was actually on the, on a call with a client yesterday. And their main thing is like, they turn down, they, they're attracting guys left, right and center, but they turn them down or like sort of have even ghosted them because they're like, I just, I don't want to lose my independence. And my experience is I've never felt more independent and, and I'm married and you know it's ultimately we both <clears throat> set the context and the tone and the energy of what this relationship would be about which is listen I'm an independent person I love like going on a holiday and doing cool shit with my friends and I'm happy to share experiences with you but I'm not gonna just be like this relationship is a part of my life it's not my life and so yeah that was another digression but I think it's important it's an important one so uh what have I said here yeah, I mean, I kind of already mentioned this, but when I think if you turn it around the other way and be like, if the thing that I'm getting icked out about, if if they were going to discard me or ghost me or reject me for that reason, say it was my shoes or I had a bit of spinach in my teeth or whatever. I can't think of any other examples right now. I fucking ran for the bus and missed it for fuck's sake. Um, how would I feel if someone like completely discarded me and all of the amazing things about me because of some bullshit superficial reason, you know, like it, it makes you see the absolute lunacy in this idea. So what I then did is I started to look at all the ick things that I had in my mind about him and I listed them out. Didn't do not show them the guy this, by the way. Um, and I basically shifted them in my mind. So for example, his keenness, which really was so uncomfortable for me at first. I think it is for a lot of women when they start to attract guy or yeah, whenever they attract a guy who's like, like openly into them and like, you know, messages back and calls them and shows up like the, you know, a decent guy, you know, I was like, would I rather this or would I rather go back to that feeling of a guy not returning my messages, dicking me about playing hot and cold and me just being in a constant state of anxiety and when I realized when I thought of it like that I was like yeah I, okay I'll take the keenness anytime to be honest um and another thing that was a huge ick for me I mean it went beyond ick it went sort of trauma for me to be honest was like Joe is like the messiest person I've ever met in my entire life it, a big part of my wedding speech was de dedicated to his insane messiness and I started to, and listen, I'm not, not fully there yet. I don't know if I'll ever be fully there, but I definitely have started to see it as an endearing quality because 
you know, his nickname was Messy Joe, which I just think is quite sweet and funny and endearing. And I mean, his mess is so fucking bad and so insane that I, like, I'm like, you are, you were just like from another planet. And I, I start, I just sort of took the seriousness out of it and, and found it quite sweet. And, and that really helped me. It's like, whatever, if they've got something about them, like a weird laugh or something like that, can you try and tap into a way of seeing it as endearing as opposed to like the icky vibe? So I also like listed out all the things I really loved and appreciated about him as well. And, and then looking at that list compared to the ridiculousness of the ick thing, of the things on the ick list, there was just no comparison. It's like, yeah, okay, so he's got a few cringe things. Don't we bloody all, but look at all the things that are amazing about him. And also another thing I did is I realized that where he was weaker and gave me, you know, aspects of ick um, or just like things I didn't like, i.e. his complete lack of organization skills actually that's not fair he's not bad at organizing he just does it in a very different way to me you know he's he's all he organizes on the phone he just joe is like old school he picks up the phone and makes a plan he is not good with emails he's not good with anything like involving writing stuff down he's very much like a people person that's how he rolls um and I've got that to a degree, but I'm much more organized. And so for me, like where he was weak or is weak, I'm stronger and vice versa. Like he is so like grounded and chilled and doesn't hold a grudge. And I'm not so good at that. I have to work on that a lot more. So we actually balance each other out. And I think it's really important to realize like, you know, something I always bang on about same, same, but different as they say in Asia, you want enough things that are, you have in common, that you have common ground and shared values, etc. But you want enough differences. That's what makes you a good team. And like, I've seen this more and more, like being an entrepreneur, I have a team of amazing women that work alongside me. And when I first started hiring, I used to get people who were like me. And it turns out that's like the worst fucking thing you can do. And same in relationships. If you go out with someone who's exactly like you, you'll probably already know this if, you, if you've experienced it. It's a nightmare because first it's super triggering because you're just like looking at yourself in the mirror constantly. Um, but also it doesn't make for the best team because you, a team, you, like, you want to have different skill sets and different qualities. And that makes the team so much stronger. So I think that's a really beautiful place to end on with uh, the ick episode. This is all I have got for you, my darlings. If you want more tips like this, please remember to sign up for the upcoming live masterclass, Seven Mistakes Blocking You from a True Power Couple Relationship that Positively Impacts the World. It's in the show notes. So the final thing that I want to say is remember the ick is just your subconsciouses. Is that even a word? Subconsciouses? Unconsciouses? I don't know, the subconscious trying to keep you safe. That's better said, isn't it? Uh, it just wants to keep you safe from where you are. And it's actually really fucking you over because you're never going to win that. You're always, there's always going to be someone with something icky about them. So don't let it destroy your love life. Be more open-minded, find the humor in it all. Come and let me know what your random fucking icks are because I'm fascinated to know. I'm probably going to end up sharing them, but don't worry, I'll do it anonymously. And my darlings, I hope you have a absolutely wonderful rest of your day. Mwah. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope this episode served you and gave some practical insights and strategies around the next steps in transforming your love life from the inside out.
Do come and let me know over on Instagram what resonated for you the most and why. I am at Persia Lawson. And if you want more tips and tools on how to become a vibrational match for the powerful, committed relationship that you deserve, check out my book, Love is Coming, as well as my programs and coaching containers over at persialawson.com. This website is also linked in this episode's show notes. And if you got value from this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, share, and or leave a quick review. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other women who want or need the support. And to have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. Until next time, I want you to remember that love is coming for you. But in the meantime, it's your responsibility to stop looking outside of yourself for the partner you want to get and start looking inside of yourself for the partner you want to be.